happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts of the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Mr. Tad the Side. And Tad, happy New Year! Because I mean, this happy is the New Year, buddy. first episode that we are both doing together. I know you were able to fill in with some action with the episode that we had last week, covering the national football, the national title game for the college football season between Michigan and Washington. You did a great job with the round table there with lots of our friends from the LAFB network. Um, I had virgin situations. So that's why I wasn't able to be there, but you did pretty good. You did pretty Don't good. you ever do that to me again. <laughs> that was nerve wracking. That was hard. I dropped a dead yeah. fish within the first two oh. minutes, 30 yeah, seconds that, of the that show. Was, that was the roughest one. Yeah. But after that, after that, you kind of were able to steady the ship and you were uh, smooth sailing for the rest of the way. But yeah, after that, you hit like, yeah, a pothole or whatever it was. I don't know what happened. That was not a pothole. <laughs> that was a barricade. That was one of those concrete <laughs> barricades in the middle of the road. I am not joking. People think this is a bit. Don't you ever make me do that again. I like, and here's oh. the worst part, uh, worst part about hosting. You can't give your opinion. My respect for you grew tenfold after that, because I was like, God, I wanted to say so much, but you had to like spread it out. It was yeah. awful. I am back in my normal seat. I get to talk as much as I want. I like it here. Let me stay here. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully, you know, knock on wood. There's not going to be any more situations like that, but, you know, we'll see exactly how that goes. But like I said, I think uh, you got your bearings after a little bit and it wasn't as bad as you were sort of making yourself out to think that it was. And yeah, I think uh, nerves got the best of you at the very beginning. But after that, I think you're fine. So if uh, I, it were to come I do across again, it. you should be fine. It's not going to come across again. <laughs> Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> stop it uh but yeah i am definitely curious i told you this after you were done as well i'm very curious if you ever need to miss a day off can i do it on my own because i'm so used mm -hmm. to relying on somebody else that's like can i do it on my own so i don't know that'd be very interesting to see if that time were to ever come across how i would do in that situation but no need to worry about that going forward, at least, you know, we'll see exactly how it all plays out. But definitely in today's episode, we're both here. We're going to be covering a topic that I think you're very interested in, which is, I think, probably a very good reason as to why I'm taking the hosting job for today's episode specifically. Because, yeah, definitely you are going to get into a topic that you're very excited about. And that is, of course, the NFL draft of draft, 2024. Draft, draft. We're going to be talking about a mock draft for the top 10. Let's go. Um, we definitely got finalized uh, picks for the 1 through 18. So, yeah, we wanted to wait until we got that finalization to really sort of lay out possible early. I mean, there's a very early situations yeah. with all these teams. I mean, we obviously have, you know, Black Monday just came and gone. We having a few more hirings and firings that are happening over the past week. So that could obviously affect a lot of things in the top 10. We obviously got, you know, Caleb Williams, as of recording, has still not declared for the draft. So, I mean, we're not sure what's going on there. I, I've got my eye on the breaking news ticker because I feel like, you know, at any moment, this could be a Christian McCaffrey situation where we're like, oh, time to divert the show. It's very true. Yeah, we have no idea. Most likely, I mean, still we're leading in that boat that he's going to declare, but he has not said anything. So, I mean, we're not sure what's going on there. So he has until Monday, January 15th to actually declare. So we'll see what's going on there. But that will obviously affect the top 10. If he does, by some crazy happenstance, he goes back to school or whatever happens. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that may affect the top 10. So that's why this is very early, very preliminary with our top 10. That's why we're not doing a full first round either because it's like, let, let alone what's happening in the top 10. Who knows what's going to happen the rest of the draft as well in the first round alone. So 
Should have some fun. We're going to give you some picks based on what we think could happen in the top 10 here. Who knows what's going to actually happen. But I think one thing you could definitely guarantee that you'll always have a fun time because that's something you can always guarantee will happen is playing on the Underdog Fantasy platform. I mean, they're just great partners that we've had for the past couple of months. I mean, just a very easy way to get into some fantasy football action. Also getting into betting action as well. So, I mean, if you like sort of the stress-free of not having to worry about waivers and having to worry about trades and having to worry about starts and sits that's what their best ball platform is for you literally just draft a roster just like you would in a normal draft but then after that it's set and forget it so i mean they will take the best lineup for you each and every week so you don't have to worry about like oh my god i left puka Nakua on the bench and he absolutely went out for me you don't have to worry about that with the underdog fantasy platform with best ball. It will automatically take the best receivers, the best running backs, the best quarterbacks, all the positions. It give you the most optimal lineup each and every week. So you don't have to worry about that hassle. So if you like that stress-free um, fantasy type of playing, underdog's got you covered there. But I think the bigger thing that me and Tad love about the fantasy platform is the betting aspect. You get anywhere, you pick anywhere between two to five different prop bet picks across all sports. You can go NFL, you can go basketball, the NBA. I mean, MLB is about a month away from spring training. So, I mean, you get into MLB action, college basketball. You could have bet on the national title game for college football there. I mean, they got you a lot of sports that you just need to pick between two and five different prop bets. And depending on how many you pick, that's how much more of a multiplier on the money about that you can gain. Um, you do anything from higher and lower. You could do the rivals where you go head to head, you know, one quarterback against the other, one running back against the other. There's a lot of different ways you get to the action, but it's a lot of fun, a very easy platform to use. Definitely use our promo code. There's a promo code to get you into the accident. Just use our promo code DESAI, D-E-S-A-I. You can double up on your initial deposit of $10 or more up to $500 using that promo code. So, I mean, Tad, hypothetically, if you had $500 to put on this platform and you had oh, not that, used that the fan- is, That is hypothetical. Then. Exactly. Okay. That's yeah, exactly okay. what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you had not deposited on the Underdog Fantasy platform yet. You could bet, you could put $500 and Underdog will match that dollar for dollar and give you an additional $500 on top of that. So you could bet with $1,000 on their platform to make bets for the whole year. I mean, if you want to splurge it on one bet, that'd be pretty crazy, but you can do it. But just that's the benefit of using our code, the D-E-S-A-I, to double up on your initial deposit of $10 or more up to $500. So, I mean, it's a fantastic code. It's a fantastic platform. So take advantage of it, people, especially with the NFL playoffs right around the corner here. As of recording, it's happening tomorrow. So, I mean, yeah, it's got a great, uh, great situation to sort of get into that. College basketball, lots of sports. They got you covered. So use our promo code to get in on the action at Underdog Fantasy. And guys, I'm not even joking when I say this. I have an entire group chat with my friends dedicated to following each other's underdog bets. That is how much. Shout out to the I UP, by the I way. It. It's it's so much fun that we are all loving it that like, yo, we will, yo, show each other our bets. You can share your bets with your friends, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then you know, we send each other like truck emojis as in we're, we're trailing you. We're trusting you here. And like, it's just, it's such a easy site to use. It's so much fun. I don't have $500 to put into their account, but guess what? Even with just $10, I've already placed a five pick parlay to win $375. Very risky. You may say, including by the way, because this will not appear on our uh, other episode, which you should check out, by the way, because we have a YouTube short episode where we give you the best bets to make using underdog odds. This bet will not make it, but a very risky one, Jason Sanders, two extra points. 
Mm, and or higher higher than two extra points and negative 20 degree weather risky but i like it but bottom line being is if he doesn't make that it's okay because they give you the insurance option where if i go four out of five i still make money i went in with 50 if sanders doesn't hit it but i hit on the other four i walk out with 77 I still won. I know no better site that lets you walk away where it's like, all right, you lost one, but we'll, we'll still, you can walk away with a little something. Never seen that before in my life. They're such an easy site to use. They're such an awesome site to use and they're even better partners. So guys, please support us like you do with underdog fantasy it is such a great partnership and I am so excited to keep it going. 100%. It's a great partnership for sure. We love using that platform, both on the website and the mobile devices as well. They got great apps for sure. So, Ted, I know one other thing that makes you super excited. I already brought it up at the top of the episode, but that is definitely mock draft action. Draft, so we're draft, going to draft, get into draft. it here with our top 10 for the 2024 NFL draft. So, I mean, we're not going to go super deep into any of these picks. Maybe, maybe more explain some of the situations that they're going to be landing in some of these prospects as to why we put them there. Uh, but yeah, definitely we're early in the process. We still have the uh, college football all-star games. I want to put it there. The draft bowl games. Obviously we got the East West Shrine game, the senior bowl, the HBCU legacy bowl. Obviously we've got the combine still to happen all the pro days. So I mean, there's still a lot of draft season yet to happen. We're here to give you all of the analysis and previews for everything that's going to happen but yeah this is very early in our draft process we're still looking at a lot of tape uh, especially with all these guys even at the top of the draft still got a lot of tape to dive into as far as how they separate from all the rest of the prospects at the positions as well as amongst themselves as well so tab we gotta start at the top here at the number one overall pick the chicago bears were able to lock this up two weeks ago um, I guess technically three weeks ago as of recording. So basically week 17, they were able to lock this up with after the games had all completed. Thanks to their trade last year with Carolina Panthers, Carolina Panthers finished in dead last, but that pick goes to Chicago Bears. So the Chicago Bears are going to be picking odd number one this coming season, possibly. We'll see. Maybe there's a trade. We're, with this mock draft, we did no trades. But, yeah, later in the year, once we actually do our full first-round mock draft, there's definitely going to be some trades. I could see the Bears possibly trading this pick. But as of right now, we all stayed and picked here. So, Dad, I'll pass it to you here. What do you think the Chicago Bears here do at number one overall in the 2024 NFL draft? With the first pick in the 2024 NFL draft, the Chicago Bears select... Tory Taylor, the punter out of Iowa. I'm so sick and tired it's, of this joke. Like, seriously, you need to decision. I really At just... least it wasn't, it wasn't a kicker this time. It was a punter. It doesn't matter. It was a so well-deserving punter. That man deserved at least one Heisman vote. He was amazing. Did you see how often he punted it? No. Where did he, he punt for? He averaged like at least like eight punts a game that uh, Iowa offense was just horrific. Oh, he was an Iowa punter. Yeah. Yes. No, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. No. So Tori, Tori Taylor, keep an eye out for him. Best punter in the league. Story Taylor. What's your analysis? No. Okay. All right. Fine. 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 I've been having this debate behind the scenes for God, what feels already like four months now. Now it's finally made its way to the show. So I'm already kind of sick of it, but you know what? For the show's sake, let's do it. It is time for the showdown of the spring. Who will be the ultimate winner? To be honest, I don't know. I know who I think it should be, 
and it's Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver out of Ohio State. I think if the Chicago Bears hold on to this pick, it should absolutely be him. I am all in on Justin Fields here. And I will say, I, I was like most Bear fans, headed into the later uh, half of the season with Justin Fields returning from that injury that kept him out a couple weeks. Like, all right, dude, you're out with the injuries. Let's see. Can you prove it? And by God, he proved it. The Bears were competitive in most of their games in that second half of the season. He looked, and here's the key part, he looked more polished as a runner, which was to be expected, but as a passer, he looked better too. He's showing steady progression as a quarterback, and I understand the arguments for the other guy who we will in all likelihood discuss next, but the deal is I understand like, oh no, you reset it. You go with, you know, the, you know, the rookie contract where you have an extra couple of years. I don't care because in a weird way, Justin Fields being inconsistent is almost playing in your favor where you can land a franchise quarterback cheaper than we had this discussion on Chauncey Talisa's podcast. A couple, uh, uh, weeks. Was it last week? All my days last week, together. Yeah. Sort of last week together, yeah. where I was like, is Trevor Lawrence about to get Joe Burrow money? And they were like, yeah, I was like, oh, dear God. And it's be I don't think Justin Fields is going to get that money. I think you can actually get a what ridiculously is called a $150 million affordable contract. So I think it would be smart to hold on Justin Fields and build around him because he clearly has enough to keep that offense going with minimal talent. Surround him with the best, unquestionably the best player in this year's draft and he will continue to improve. I am all in on this Marvin Harrison Jr. business. Get out of here with that QB. I think it makes the most sense, especially if they stick with Justin Fields. This absolutely is the pick if they stay at number one and they stay with Justin Fields. Like Marvin Harrison Jr., like you said, arguably the best player in this draft class, let alone the best receiver in this draft class. So, I mean, just you pair him up with Justin Fields. You pair him on the opposite side with DJ Moore. Like, I mean, that's obviously now we have building blocks of an offense. You drafted Roshan Johnson last year. You have that committee approach with Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman. Um, maybe you could upgrade the offensive line with some of that second and third round pick you also have a pick later in the draft because the houston dub uh, because you have your own pick at number nine overall so i mean yeah maybe that's where you go offensive lineman as well so i mean yeah you could definitely make a very good upgrade to that offensive line as well as your offensive skill positions taking marvin harrison jr but that's if they stick with justin fields in my scenario, which a lot of people are predicting, and, you know, Stupid. I kind of had to play this pick because it sort of oh, makes the fair, most sense to me, it, it's Caleb Williams. I think they take Caleb Williams and they make the switch going with the guy from USC, the Heisman winner from 2022, and, I mean, just the electric type of player. The only thing that sort of worries me is just, like, is he too similar to Justin Fields? Because with Justin Fields, it's like he's got that smaller frame. He's got the running ability. Caleb Williams has a very similar running ability. The smaller frame, can he stand up all too all these big hits that he's going to suffer. We talked about this on the Salute Detroit podcast with our good friend Al Rowe about just like, can he take that sort of beating with the small frame that he has? Like, can he be that same, you know, prolific playmaker that he was at USC, but now at the NFL level with all these bigger, faster, stronger dudes? I don't know if he can be, but... I think in this case, they just want a fresh start. They want to give Justin Fields a fresh start as well. There's going to be some new um, oh, offensive coaching staff. I know the head coach, Matt Eberflus, was able to keep his job, but everybody else was fired on that offensive coaching staff. So we'll see what the offensive coordinator who does come in, whether he's like, nope, I want to go with the fresh quarterback, my pick, or like my say in this decision. I think they go in that direction. You also have to look, Tad, like as much as I like Justin Fields, it is a proven this season. He played in 40 games for Chicago in his career. He only had eight games 
with multiple passing touchdowns. In those same 40 games, he also had only six games with over 250 passing yards. In a league where we're trying to move towards being a more pass-friendly option, that's not the numbers that you want to see. I mean, we kept hearing these stats about like how uh, Patrick Mahomes had more passing yards than the entire Bears, like in franchise history, had the most passing yards like by like week eleven or something like that. Like we always see these ridiculous stats about just how terrible quarterback play has been for the Chicago Bears because they just don't pass the ball that option. And maybe they don't need to. They play good uh, defense. They also run the ball. But I mean, th- I think at this play, this case. You go with Williams. You go with the playmaker. They may entertain the idea of going with the quarterback out of North Carolina, Drake May, but I think we have to wait to see how this draft process plays out. I think they go with Caleb Williams, the you know overall number one quarterback in this year's draft class. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Because I mean, no, like I'm, I said, I'm gonna is... I'm gonna save the ramp for later. I'm gonna save the okay. ramp for like because first off, we don't even know if he's gonna be in this year's draft. We don't yeah, know what as, the hell. This like guy we said, we as of right no, now, no, I'm, I'm, I'm reserving, I'm reserving anger until it's official. <laughs> I'm I'm reserving the energy. I'm like Godzilla, like laying deep in the earth until I like need to like pop out and be like, Caleb Williams. But anyway, point being, I don't know why I t- well, I guess Godzilla kind of has T Rex arms. But anyway, point being. <laughs> that was great for a YouTube audience. Please, someone that's screenshot crazy. that. That's like that's me material right there. But look, all right. So I guess let's let's start the debate with this. Is I don't I don't hate Caleb Williams. Um, I I I'm not calling him bust. I'm not, I I said this on you know Salute to Troy podcast where he's become such a polarizing prospect that you know it, it feels like you're you're being forced in one of two camps. Either one, he's the next goat, or two, he's the next big time bust. I'm in between. I think he's good. I think he's showing a lot of promise, but I think he's being overhyped and there's a lot to improve on his game. That sounds a lot like my analysis for Justin Fields a couple years yeah. ago. So here's why I'm frustrated is because I think that if they draft Caleb Williams, I understand the thought process behind it. I really do. Of like Iberflus wants his guy. He was not the regime that drafted Fields. He inherited him. So now he wants the guy. Okay, I do understand that, but at the same time, I feel like you're just resetting the clock to be right back where we were in two years in the future, where it's just like, wow, Caleb Williams has looked good, but has has had some struggles. Is he the answer? Now the Bears are in the top 10, and there is this good quarterback out there. Could they go after? I, I feel like we're going to be talking about this in 2026 if they draft Caleb Williams, because it's just like, do you go for the reset quarterback at one position or with all the assets that this team has done a very admittedly good job of collecting, do you just go with the guy you have now? And then, because let's not forget, especially with all the assets you have, not this year, but next year, I think that you have a solid shot at getting a good quarterback next year. If not in the draft, in free or in free agency, who knows? I mean, every year the quarterback market shifts colossally. So it's just, it's one of those things that's just, I think it's, I understand the Caleb Williams argument. I just think it is a way bigger risk than just taking a great receiver. Then, like you said, we'll get into this, taking whoever is there at nine. I just, I, I don't quite understand the hard reset, but it feels like a, a, like a forced reset here where you don't need it. So it's, I don't know. It's just like, if it like, if let me put it this way, if the bears never had the Panthers pick, they would be out of this conversation entirely. 
The only reason they're in this conversation of like, oh, are they in the Caleb Williams? They're not like Pittsburgh or New England or somebody who's like slightly out where it's like, oh, they might want to try to trade back in. Chicago wouldn't even be in that conversation. So it's just I, I understand the Caleb Williams argument, but I just think it is an unforced error that, you know what? They have a 50-50 shot at making. I do think they'll trade out, but I'll get into that in my next pick. Yeah, I think most likelihood is that they trade this pick and they acquire some more assets. But yeah, if they stay here, I feel like they just hit that reset button. And I understand everything that you laid out, but I feel like with that new regime there that's going to be coaching the coaching staff, they're like, let's get our guy that we want who could tailor to our we could tailor the offense to him. I think that's exactly I think you're right. We'll see how it all plays out for sure. But let's get to number two. The Washington Commanders are now on the clock here, and they could possibly need a quarterback here. So is that the direction that you go with the Washington coaching staff? Because they're going to be hiring a new head coach as well. Ron Rivera was fired. So that's going to be very interesting to see which direction they go, whether they go offensive and get a quarterback or if they go in different directions. What do you think? So I kind of cheated on this one where I here's my here's my ultimate prediction. I'm going to give a trade without really giving a trade. I think we will see a one and two swap. I think that's the trade that's going to happen. Okay, got it. I think Washington's going to jump up to number one. Chicago's going to trade up to number two. It works out. That's the best trade for both franchises, right? Chicago lands the guy they, you know, that I want them to take in Marvin Harrison, number two. And with the first overall selection, second overall selection, the Washington commanders select the hometown boy, Caleb Williams. I think this is where Caleb Williams ends up. And I think this is a very good spot to end up, especially if the guy who I think should be head coach, who I'm not going to lie, I haven't really been keeping up with that. The head coaching news has been, you see, you said Black Monday. It's really been like Black Monday. Tuesday, they took off. Then with Black Wednesday. Thursday, they took off. There was Black Friday. I'm like, the entire week, yeah. So crossing I, over to the college level with Nick Saban retiring. Like, I mean, yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, speaking of Godzilla, I feel like Godzilla just like nuked the city. I'm like, let's just wait for the dust to settle before we see what happened. Um, So I've not been reading any reports, but if Washington's new ownership was smart, they would hire Eric Biennemi as their next head coach. That would be an A++++ hire. By the way, Drawn Mayo, and we'll get into that. Um, I'd say like a B minus, C plus hire. I thought that was curious. But anyway, that's for another episode. Um, Let's assume... B enemy is hired. Could you imagine Eric B enemy with Caleb Williams? Now then, now then I become a big time Caleb Williams because he made, he being Eric B enemy made Sam Howell look like a very good quarterback at times there. I'm not saying overall for obvious reasons. And look, I said, Sam Howell that I said that was his ceiling. I was like, I think he's a, you know, his ceiling's a solid NFL starter. His floor is a good NFL backup. I think we've seen this floor. He's going to be a backup in this league for a while because that guy can clearly win you some games. He's going to lose you some too. But if you can make Sam Howell look good, you can make Caleb Williams, who's basically a juiced up version of Sam Howell, about 10 times that, look even better. And I see a couple of rumors that like maybe Terry McLaurin's on the move and you know maybe like they hit the hard, hard reset where they just blow up this roster entirely. I think that would be a mistake. This roster's pretty good with Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson Jr., Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin. There's a lot to work with here. All you really need is a capable quarterback. And all of a sudden, I'm not saying you're in the running for the division. You know, that division is wild. Um, but I think you, all of a sudden, this could be the team, kind of like the Texans were this year, where it's all of a sudden like, oh my God, where did they come from? I really do believe that. Um, and keep in mind, they tried to tank. That shows how good they are. They tried to tank eight weeks ago, and it didn't work. And I know people are like, well, they're picking at two. 
they still were competitive in almost all their games. So I think that's why Washington trades up because this really does feel like the one piece that projects them forward into like, oh, now we're only a couple years away. That's fair. I think quarterback is probably a smart decision to go to, especially, like I said, with them hiring a new head coach. He wants to pick his guy, whether that's Sam Howell, whether that's Jacoby Brissett. I don't think that's going to be the answer. So I can see them going in that direction of either Caleb Williams or Drake May if he's available, if Caleb Williams goes number one overall. But I'm going to go in a different direction. Okay. I think they may punt on the quarterback position at Corey least Taylor? the first round. Do they take Corey Taylor here? No. no, they're not going to take a punter. You said punt. They- yeah, so they're going to put the pick as far as taking a quarterback. Ah. But I think they're going to go and shore up the offensive line because, Tad, they allowed – they not they allowed, but they had the six fewest rushing yards in the NFL last season. They are also had the most sacks, the most sacks in the NFL. Sam Howell was running for his life a lot of the time. Jacoby Brissett was also doing that. So I think they need to upgrade the offensive line before they even consider taking their franchise quarterback because they don't want this guy running for his life every single season. I think they may push that quarterback decision maybe to the top of the second round where maybe a Jaden Daniels or Michael Penix Jr. could be available if they want to go quarterback this year. Or maybe they just wait it out and they go next year and they get a guy like Quinn Ewers out of Texas possibly. I mean, we'll no, see about that no, as far as going that. next year. That. But that's a conversation for later. But I think, like I said, they shore up the offensive line. They go with, you know, arguably maybe the best offensive alignment in this draft class and that's joe alt out of notre dame so i think they get a guy to protect the blind side there they shore up that offensive line like i said he's good at the running game he's also good at the passing game he's going to be a starter plug and play guy from day one and i think he's going to bring consistency and just a nfl ready sort of skill set to the offensive line there in washington so i think they go in that direction as opposed to going with the quarterback position at least in this mock draft that i have here very very preliminary i hate you <laughs> <laughs> so for our listeners and viewers uh truly and if that that was a legitimate reaction we did not share our picks with each other we, we did. have no idea what's coming um i will reserve judgment for that pick it's coming up but you will see in a bit so uh moving on to number three Merle, let's kick it to you first oh, number three the new england patriots who are they taking so, yeah, the New England Patriots, just like Tad sort of brought up a little earlier, they have moved on from Bill Belichick. They have mutually parted ways, and they have hired Gerard Mayo to be their new head so coach. So weird. Exactly. It's a little weird. But I think regardless of whether they stuck with Bill Belichick, whether they hired Gerard Mayo, whether they hired somebody else, oh, my God, their quarterback play was terrible. So bad. <laughs> the past couple of Bailey Zappi didn't look bad. Bailey Zappi's a good backup. He was not bad, but he nowhere can match he be consistent. Yes, he did look better than Mac Jones, but even that's a very low bar. Yeah, that's like like nowhere near hopping over a pebble and be like, yay. (laughs) Exactly. There's nowhere near the consistency that we saw that he could be a future franchise leader for the New England Patriots. So I think they go quarterback here. Already in my mock draft, I got Caleb Williams going number one overall. So I think here, New England ranks sixth. 18th, 7th, and 3rd in fewest passing yards since 2020. In 2020, it was the very first year that there was no Tom Brady in New England. So clearly, they've had issues at the quarterback position. So I think they go quarterback here. They get Drake May, the quarterback out of North Carolina. uh, May will bring more stability to the offense. He's got the athletic ability. He can make the throws on the run. He's got some scrambling ability, too. 
He is a little bit more raw in some aspects, but I think that's what the draft process will allow him to sort of clean up and work on that decision-making, show his arm talent, show his scrambling ability. He'll be able to showcase all of that on his pro day as well as the combine. Uh, most likely he'll get a combine invite. I really doubt that he wouldn't get a combine yeah, invite. Is getting a combine invite. I yeah. know, I know, but it hasn't been confirmed yet. But just well, he throw at the combine. That's a more interesting combo. That, that, is, that is definitely a question to sort of answer there whether that will happen. But for sure, I think May is an up upgrade over both quarterbacks that they have on the roster that they started last year and two years ago. So I think that's the direction that they go. And the Patriots actually luck into another quarterback instead of Washington taking one at two, they get possibly the second best quarterback in this year's draft class in Drake May. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I got, as longtime listeners and viewers of our podcast know, I've long sung the praises of Drake May. I've Very at true. one point said I like him better than Caleb Williams. And at that time, I will stand exactly. by that pick. Um, and I look, I think there's a lot to like with Drake May. I think he is a very talented prospect. If he goes to the right situation, he has all the tools to succeed in the NFL. And that is why with the third overall selection, I had the New England Patriots selecting. Jaden Daniels, quarterback out of LSU. Wow, so you're buying the hype with the Heisman win from last season and just the spectacular season that he had. So I'm a little bit more cautious with him, but I'll let you give the analysis here. I could not believe it. I went into watching his tape. And great, I haven't watched enough of his tape yet to make my final decision. So keep in mind, guys, it is January. We've got a lot of time to go. So before you're like, well, what happened to Jaden Daniels' love? It may change. But from the the couple of games, I have watched a couple of his full games. I went in expecting not to like him. Like, so I went in with a negative lens. He blew me away. I really, really like Jane Daniels now. And honestly, I, for now, he has overtaken Drake May as my number two quarterback in this year's class. Because now only is his touch on the deep pass, like just like chef's kiss beautiful he is uh he shows really good poise really good arm strength but the thing that i really really like about him is that when he goes runner mode and that was the thing i was like i was afraid of him because i didn't watch lsu all that much this season they were terrible but that's the fact is like the more i watch this tape i'm like i didn't realize just how bad this lsu team was they were bad man and he elevated like he deserved that heisman and I, I was against him winning the Heisman. I, uh, I'm forgetting who I said it should have been. But I was actually like, come on, dude. I think it was uh, – oh, I, I said it was Penix. I was like, Penix should have Should have been Penix. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're saying. And um, now, no, I see why Jaden Daniels won it because he – without him, this team would have been 10 times as bad. I don't even think they would have won like four games. Definitely. So he's a smart runner, meaning like he knows when to go down. He doesn't try to make too much happen. He has all the tools there that I think – depending on who new England hires as their offensive coordinator, he really, really could succeed there. So I actually, Jane Daniels right now is my number two quarterback in this year's draft. It's a rumor that they may hire Josh McDaniels again to be their offensive coordinator. So that'd be very interesting. Hey, as OC, I don't mind him. As OC, I don't mind him. As OC, it was not so bad. As an OC, it was not so bad. All right, Ted, let's get to number four here with the Arizona Cardinals. They are now officially on the clock. So who do you think they draft at that number four overall pick? This is why I hate you. You stole my hot take. I was I I made this pick be like oh this is gonna shock him this is gonna be a good little segment. The Arizona Cardinals take Joe Alt offensive tackle at Notre Dame. <laughs> I was so excited for that hot take, and then you just stole my thunder by putting him number, number two. Yeah. You're the worst. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I will say this. So um, another player who I'm sure we'll both name later uh, is widely regarded as the better offensive lineman. 
but it's all about the fit at offensive line, right? Sure. And so the thing that surprised me about Joe Alt, that surprised me because I didn't expect it. I, I haven't watched that much. And look, it's very hard to evaluate offensive linemen while you're watching college football on TV. Because they true. don't really focus on them much. Like it, no. offensive linemen are the type of players I, I start evaluating the most in the offseason because then you yeah. get all that like particular angles. And the one thing that stuck out to me the most is like when the play starts moving downfield, you know, there's the receiver, there's the tight end, and then right behind both of them is Joe Alt. That dude is a crazy good athlete, like pushing, continuing blocking down the field without getting the penalty. And I think that that is the type of tackle that fits better in Arizona's defense. I think that's the reason they took Paris Johnson Jr. last year over what some would argue are better tackles. So I think that in terms of, is he the best tackle in this year's draft? No. Is he the better fit for Arizona? Yes. So I think that is why he is the first tackle off the board at number four. I like it. I like it. They could use some improvements on that offensive line for sure. Give some more prediction for Kyler Murray, who they're committing to, it seems like, at least for the temporaries, uh, temporary sort of situation I'll give it to here. him. He earned it. He and he looked a lot better. As soon as he was shaking off the rush of his handful of first handful of games, he started to look a lot better to close out the season. Looked really good against Arizona. Uh, sorry, Philadelphia in that comeback win and upsetting the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's going to be... Very good to see for Cardinals fans that uh, Kyler Murray sort of is getting that game back, and I think they're committing to him. That's what head coach Sean Tegan has said. And I think they commit to him so much that they go here and they give him a playmaker that they sort of get lucked Ooh. into because oh, yeah. the other three picks have sort the of been taken board. with Joe Alt, Caleb Williams, and Drake May. They sort of luck into Marvin Harrison Jr. here. I mean, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one. He's the best prospect in this draft class, arguably easily the best wide receiver in this draft class. He's just automatically going to give Arizona a playmaker on the outside. You have to remember Marquise Brown is a free agent, so we don't know whether he's going to come back. They obviously already let go uh, to DeAndre Hopkins. He did not come back to the roster. So outside of them, don't really have a lot of options. I know Trey McBride came on at the end of the season, so he's going to be a good option going next, going into next year and the future years. But outside of Trey McBride, it's like, who else are you throwing the ball to? So, yeah, definitely you luck into Marvin Harrison Jr. That's a home run, slam dunk, run that pick up to the board type of guy there going at number four to the Arizona Cardinals. Let's move on to number five, Ted. This is where it's going to get interesting. This is hard. This, is this one was hard. Networks. Oh, Los Angeles Chargers are on the board here at number five. They're going with the new head coach as well. So I was very curious to see whether that's going to affect any sort of decisions here. So what do you think they do at number five? So I see receiver mocked here a lot. Which yes. is, I I will say, it was hard. I never once uh, considered a receiver here. Never once. It feels too knee-jerkish to me. Mike Williams, I think, uh, this sounds kind of weird, but luckily got hurt early enough where I think that shouldn't impact next season all too often where they kind of need to seriously consider, like, we might be without Mike. Like, okay, maybe you play, like, week one or week two without him, like, worst-case scenario, but I think he'll be fine. Keenan Allen, yes, he is getting old. But, again, it's just, like, why why address a position that is not your most immediate need. Um, sure. But I also still understand the need to, okay, we still need to beef up that passing offense because once Keenan Allen and Mike Williams went down, that offense did start falling apart. So let's just do the two birds, one stone situation. Draft Brock Bowers, the tight end out of Georgia. That way you hit tight ends, which has been a position of relative weakness over the last couple of years. Nothing against Gerald Everett, but he just quite hasn't met expectations. But at the same time, he's so athletic in the way he plays. He's basically a receiver anyways. So you hit you know, on two positions at the same time. Honestly, I see Brock Bowers being a better Dalton Kincaid, and we all saw how well that experiment worked out. So I think that's the best case scenario for the Chargers. 
I love it because that's exactly who I have. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> like, See? We're great minds think alike, buddy. Exactly. We're paying lip service to Chargers fans because a lot of people are sort of thinking that the Chargers should go with the tight end position. But like like you said, it's not really even a tight end. He's a glorified receiver and yeah. his size and speed is just so dangerous as a receiving threat. If he wants to be that sort of all around tight end, like a George Kittle, like a Dallas Goddard, he definitely will need to bulk up and that'll happen over the draft process season. But maybe they don't need him to do that because they need that playmaker yeah, at that speed. tight end position. Exactly. Keep that speed. Exactly. Whereas, or you can use him as that Dalton Kincaid type of player in the Chargers offense. Now, whether that's going to be led by Kellen Moore or somebody else, but it's just like, they definitely will go in that direction of maybe offensively and get a guy who just upgrades that offense, gives Justin Herbert another weapon of the offense to really get the most out of him because you paid the guy. Fortunately, he was dealing with a lot of injuries at the receiver position this year with Keenan Allen getting hurt late in the season. Obviously, Mike Williams getting hurt. We had injuries to try Josh Palmer as well. So they're going like rookies, Darius Davis, Quentin Johnson, some of those guys. And just like it was looking good at times, but also looking very bad at times as well. Um, so, yeah, you get a guy like Brock Bowers. I think that up automatically upgrades the offense, gives them a playmaker at the tight end position since two 2008 when they had Antonio Gates on the roster. That's the last I'm time. About to be a Hall of Famer, by the way. About to be a Hall <laughs> yes. of Famer. Last thing well, I was... Say, he last played in 2019. Yeah, because he did come back later. He was with the team in 2019. So there that's a Hall of Fame hopeful in Antonio Gates. So, yeah, they could definitely use a playmaker at the tight end position. I think they go Brock Bowers as well. Last thing I would say about Brock Bowers... I'm sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. Because my greatest fear has been quashed. Brock, you are safe, my friend. Arthur Smith... <laughs> He can't get you. He can't get you. He's gone. He's unless, gone. Uh, unless the Chargers hire him as OC. That's you a possibility. shut your mouth. Dude. <laughs> Just putting it out there. The possibility. I will put a knife in my leg. You stop putting that evil <laughs> on me, Ricky Bobby. You know what's actually so funny? A good friend of ours, Stephen Haglund, used to be with LAFB Network. He actually tweeted out. He's like, some of his dream and coaching scenarios was like, Mike Vrabel at head coach, Arthur like Smith it. at OC. So. No, I don't terrible. know. That's I don't terrible. know. That's, we'll that's exactly straight up Charles Barkley terrible. Get Arthur Smith the hell out of this league. <laughs> there, are two, there are only two words that can describe the only reason that Arthur Smith is somewhat a respectable person in the NFL, and it's Derrick Henry. That is the only reason that man – he just happened to be the OC at Derrick Henry's. God, I hate him. Very true. Very true. All right. So that is the top five, 10. Let's move into the bottom five of the top 10 and let's get to number six here with the New York Giants. They're on the clock here. What do you think they do? So once again, I never uh, consider a certain position as being very popularly mocked here. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback here. I think they are too financially tied to Daniel Jones. I think it's just a pipe dream for Giants fans to be like, can we please get rid of him? And it's like, hey, this is why you should have franchise tagged them. Sorry, your team's management is terrible. We were all telling you last offseason that was a terrible contract, and it still is a terrible contract. So, unfortunately, you got another season, Daniel Jones, on your way. But, you know what? If that's the case, then do the most you can for him to make him succeed because he has shown potential. So, I think what they should do, and thank God this man has shortened his first name because God knows I'm not going for the <laughs> – Full pronunciation. He is, in my opinion, by far the best tackle in this year's draft, and that is Olu Fashanu, the tackle at Penn State. This is the guy that I wanted the Colts to suck for. Unfortunately, we were too good. We're not going to get him. He is so good. This man is a brick wall. He is just like – they're very – and this happens every year in the draft. Is Sometimes I'll watch like two or three games of a player, and I'm like, okay, I'm good. I don't need to really watch. I, I will watch a couple, a few more of his games, but I don't really need to spend much more time on him because I'm convinced 
this man's the next Trent Williams. He's the next like absolute brawler, absolute mauler, whatever rhymes you want to come up with at the offensive line. Now you may be going, well, Ted, if you're so high on him, why didn't the Cardinals take him to number four? This is what I was talking about is he's not very good at going downfield. His speed's not so great. He's the guy that's going to quite literally anchor that offensive line. While Joe Alt, like I said, can push that field upfield. So it's all about that offense. I know people are going to go, well, Daniel Jones is a rushing uh, uh, you know, quarterback and Saquon Barkley, if he comes back, they push down the field. Sure. But at this point, you know, Fashanu is still there. I think they take it now. What happens to Evan Neal, who, by the way, has been, I won't say struggling massively, but definitely not meeting expectations so far. What is the main thing we all said about Evan Neal going into the draft when he was a prospect? It was, he's a great athlete, came that match at tackle the next level. So far, that answer is no. So for now, he's not going to be a long-time tackle unless we see a massive improvement, which is unlikely. Let's kick him into tackle. So we got Andrew Thomas, Fashanu, and Evan Neal all in the same offensive line all of a sudden. That's looking like a pretty promising offensive line to me. I like it. They've had issues on their offensive line for sure. They surrendered the most sacks. Uh, they asked Justin like, Pugh off the couch. Yeah, that's that's how desperate they were. Um, like you said, I think the aspect of taking a Jaden Daniels or a Michael Penix Jr. Now, you know, it could be in play there, but I think they stick with Daniel Jones. They upgrade the offensive line. I also like them taking Olabia Fashadu going there with the number. You show team. off. You're a dick. I have to get into practice here, especially as we get further into right, the right, right, This right, is still on, very early on, here. I'm going to try um, Olabia. Yeah. I like oh, it. shit. Okay. Carry on. Uh, but yeah, I think he could be in play to be that first offensive lineman off the board as well, ahead of Joe Alt. But I think it really just depends on how the blah board plays out and the fit. That's the biggest thing there. Because, I mean, we've talked about this before last season with – um, it was Devin Witherspoon. And then who was the other defensive back that we were debating between? And I was um, like, I think Devin Witherspoon oh, goes ahead oh, of him. Christian Gonzalez. Christian Gonzalez, that's what it was. And so you were like, I like Christian Gonzalez more. I was like, I think I like Devin Witherspoon a little bit more. They both have the skill set, but I think Devin Witherspoon with his aggressiveness will go higher. And that's exactly what happened. I think this is the very same thing where it's the fit yeah, I agree. to play into the conversation for sure. So yeah, yeah, this could be a situation where Olu goes higher or he could be going a little bit lower depending on the fit for the teams there. But yeah, I like that there. Here's right, the crazy get... thing about both those corners. They're both amazing. They're both very, very good for sure. All right, Tell, let's get to the... AFC South rivals here for your Indianapolis Colts. The Tennessee Tides are on the clock here at number seven. What do you think they do? So this was tough because I actually, we were talking about this during our uh, CFB national championship preview show where I said, I don't think this guy's the number two receiver, even though he's being hyped up as it. Um, I think I, this mock was a weird mix of what I think will happen and should happen. Um, I think he will go above my number two receiver just because he looks better, uh, you know, in terms of play. But I, I'm not honestly that big of a fan of him. Maybe I'll change my tone as the draft season goes on. But I think the Tennessee Titans are going to take Malik Neighbors, the wide receiver out of LSU. Uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins did very well. I will, I all credit to DeAndre Hopkins. But outside of that, they don't really have any really promising receiving threats there. So it's just what receiver do they like most? I think the fact that Malik Neighbors is just a very tall. Very fast. I will not take anything. That dude's a speedster. I was shocked when I watched him. I'm like, holy shit, you are faster than I thought. Um, especially for his size. So am I a big believer in neighbors to be like a true number one receiver? As of right now, no. That may change. But I do think that him to number seven with the Tennessee Titans is a very real possibility. 
It's a very real possibility because I have him also going in number seven. Go. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, I think just you look at the skill set that he brings, obviously you just sort of laid out with the Titans sort of lacking playmakers in the passing offense where it's like, we still don't know what we have with Traylon Burks. I know they went bested their first round pick on him two years ago, but he was injured a lot of last season. But even when he was healthy, he wasn't looking all that great as an opposite option for DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, they have an out for him. If they decide they want to cut him this offseason, it's only going to cost them $6.5 million, So maybe they decide to do that as he's an aging receiver. Um, but just I think they may go with the receiver option to really give Will Levis another option, that passing attack. They definitely could utilize him. Um, Chicksacocco at the tight end position has not been looking all that great as as well consistent is the really key factor there so yeah Malik neighbors i like him a little bit more than some of the other receivers but yeah we have to wait to see how this old draft process plays out maybe there's something that can affect them as far as playing better or playing worse during the senior bowl the combine pro days all of that but as of right now i like Malik neighbors at number seven all right Ted, let's get to number eight here the atlanta falcons are now on the clock what do you think they do to upgrade their team I mean, it's a guy that, you know, I used to say was the best quarterback in this year's class. So I think this is a good gift for him. I think the Atlanta Falcons take Drake May. Desmond Ritter's not the okay. option. Okay. Taylor Heineke's obviously not the option. Drake May takes a slight tumble, not too badly. But I think that the, the firing of Arthur Smith clearly showed that they were not happy or they were not happy with the complacency. And that's what surprised me is I thought they were going to give another year. But I think that with the firing of Arthur Smith, that shows we are ready to start rebuilding this franchise. And, you know, possibly the second best or best quarterback in this class. It's really one in my mind right now. It's 1A, 1B, 1C. So 1C falls right in their lap here. Drake May, a little raw. But, you know, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, at least for a little while, uh, Bijan Robinson, this is a pretty good situation for May Landon. I like it. I like that pick for sure. But I have another situation that's going to happen with the Atlanta Falcons. But I have to pick here with them going with the edge rusher, Laetu Latu out of UCLA. Whoa! Uh, they have a good secondary with AJ Terrell. They signed um, Richie Grant, or they drafted Richie Grant, excuse me. They signed Jesse Bates. That's what I was thinking there. They were tied for the 11th fewest sacks in the NFL on generated on defense. Um, I think they possibly could go uh, quarterback, so they possibly could get a Jaden Daniels, maybe a Michael Penix Jr. Who knows what's going to happen? Bo Nix could possibly be in the conversation. We'll see how it all plays out here. But my prediction is with them, Chicago Bears taking uh, Caleb Williams number one overall, I think Justin Fields lands with the Atlanta Falcons and really shows oh, up. Oh, okay. Justin Fields, exactly with all the playmakers that you laid out, Bijan Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, they finally get utilized with a quarterback like Justin Fields and the running ability. They get a guy who could sort of utilize all that at the coaching staff to utilize that entire offense, but they shore up the defense as well, get a good pass rusher, lie to law to. Uh, maybe he's not the first one, but as far as the skill set, he was the one who rose the most during this past season. I like him to, to continue that growth in the draft process as well and i think he'll solidify himself as the best pass rusher in this draft class so i got him here going at number eight to the atlanta falcons you're a little shocked by that one so quick analysis i was i mean well i I mean well this leads perfectly into my next pick because i don't even see him as the best edge rusher in this year's draft interesting that's why i was so shocked so not only do they pass up a quarterback although your justin fields thing did make sense I think he's the second best. Now he's good. Do not get me wrong. He is a good pass rusher. He, I could definitely see him testing well at the combine at the pro day and shooting up draft boards, being in the top. And you know who's killing him is I, I haven't learned his, how to pronounce his name yet. But that defensive lineman out of Illinois is so mad at him right now. Oh, it's on Newton. Yep. Yeah, he was the one rising up quick, and now this UCLA guy is the one kind of taking his spot. He's like, ah, shit. Um, <laughs> very true. Very true. Also, the the Falcons taking like a you know sm- the 
quote unquote small school defensive lineman, that would be very Falcons esque. So that 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 very fits. True. Very true. Um, so- we're talking about the next pick here. That's the number nine overall pick. And we are sort of brought this up earlier, but the Chicago Bears are back on the clock with their original pick, their pick actually here at number nine. So what do you think they do here? I think they're hoping Alt or Fashanu falls. That would be the dream draft. They get either Williams, Harrison Jr. in the top three, and then they get one of those tackles in the uh, at number nine. That is just like, that's the dream draft right there. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. So they go with next best thing. I was tempted to go offensive lineman here, like maybe the next best one, but unfortunately none of them really justify it. So I think they just go, you know, let's keep beefing up that pass rush. And they go with the true best pass rusher in this year's draft, which is Dallas Turner, the edge rusher out of Alabama. Montez Sweat absolutely killed it for him. That was a fantastic trade. So let's keep, you know, stocking that up. Let's keep beefing up that pass rush. And especially because the Lions look like they're not, you know, putting their foot off the gas pedal. So you got to just keep going after that offense. So I think Dallas Turner might be a fun fit in Chicago. I like it. They could definitely use some more options on that defensive front to get after the quarterback. Montez Sweat, like you said, was a great addition, but you can always add more when it comes to pass rushing for sure. Um, So I had Caleb Williams going number one overall. I think at number nine, they give him a a very good uh, receiving weapon here in Roma Dinze, the wide receiver out of Washington. Like you talked about, if there's a very high-level offensive lineman like a Joe Alt or Olu Vashanu, then I think that's 100% going to be the pick. But I think in this case, like I said, I think that next-level offensive lineman may be a little bit too high at number nine. This could be a possibility where they trade back from number nine to possibly take an offensive lineman at like maybe 12 or 13. That could be a possibility. But I think if they stay here at number nine, I think they pair up Caleb Williams with a very high level receiver, Roba Dunze. I think, you know, like you said, with Marvin Harrison Jr., give him a very good option for Justin Fields in your case. But for me, pairing him up with Caleb Williams, obviously got DJ Moore on the outside too. Darnell Booty just hasn't looked good since a rookie season. I don't know what's going on with him. We'll see whether he can sort of make some improvements and continue his, you know, get back on track in this upcoming season. But if not, you got a guy in Roma Dunze, an absolute burner on the outside. He looked very good during the college football playoffs here. Not missed so much in the title game, obviously, with Michigan having played a very good defense. But I think through the draft process, he should be able to improve and really showcase his skills and really be a difference maker to be the third receiver off the board here based on our drafts here. So, Tad, let's close it out with the number 10 overall pick here, and that is the New York Jets. How do you close out the top 10 in 2024? So the Jets are a hard team to mock for because for a good team, they sure do have a lot of holes. But uh, Amur, I have a real quick challenge for you. Other than obviously Garrett Wilson, other than Randall Cobb, other than Alan Lazard, name a single receiver the Jets have. Not tight end. Tight ends don't count. They signed Barrios, right? Braxton Barrios is a dolphin. That's what it is. God dang it. I know. Um, I knew knew that's where you were going to go. Yeah. I forgot that he signed with the Dolphins. Um... Outside of that, I'm kind of out. I'm not sure. That you are, I'm not even going to make fun of you because I could not do a single one. It's Jason Brownlee, Xavier Gibson, Irvin Charles, Malik Taylor, and Lance McCutcheon. McCutcheon? I don't care. McCutcheon, yeah. Former Ram, actually, Lance McCutcheon. Yep. Great. Point being (laughs) is. Hey, you play Immaculate Grid. That's what destroyed the memory bank thing. (laughs) You you know I had no memory bank. Very true. Yes, Very exactly. True. Point <laughs> being is, other than two wash-up Packers receivers and one of the best young receivers in the game, the, that Jets offense, for how hyped it was, really actually was a lot more thin than we thought it was. So I think that you know they could go offensive line again. It still feels a little too early for that. 
they should just add another receiver for Aaron Rodgers. Please don't sue us, Jimmy Kimmel, for Aaron Rodgers to succeed with. So that was a dangerous joke. Um, so I think I agree with you. He's a very good, and he is, in my opinion, the second best receiver in this year's draft. This is where Roma Dunze goes. I think he will be a New York Jet to be Aaron uh, Rodgers' next weapon. He is a good physical receiver. Honestly, plays in ways very similar to Garrett uh, Garrett Wilson. So I like that pairing. I think that this is a that that could be an interesting duo moving forward for what will likely be Aaron Rodgers last year in the NFL. Not because of his play, because he's going to say something stupid and get suspended. Very possible. Very possible. But I like that addition. They definitely could use some more playmakers at the receiver position, but I don't think they need to go with the top 10 pick here. I think they go with another position that they need to address because their offensive line. I mean, like we talked about, Aaron Rodgers played four snaps for a total of 75 seconds in the 2023 NFL season. Lobsy Jets fans had very big aspirations for a Super Bowl caliber type of season potentially with this team. They had the defense. They just didn't have the offense with Aaron Rodgers going down. And part of that was because of the offensive line play. Elijah Veritucker unfortunately got hurt. He was out for the entire season. Makai Becton has been having a very up and down season so far in his career. Looked good his rookie season, but then following it up, it just hasn't looked as strong either. They've had to do a lot of rotations on that offensive line as well so i think they upgrade the offensive line here it's a little bit high for me but i think here the need is there so i think they take a slight reach and they take the offensive lineman out of alabama jc latham to shore up the right side of the offensive line they're able to then shift elijah vera tucker into the inside where he can play a guard position and really bring a lot of stability to the offensive line like you're talking about with the new york giants with evan neal um andrew thomas and then drafting old fushanu i think this is a very similar situation in New York where it's like now you have Makai Becton who could hopefully you know keep things going and get back on track and you got Elijah Vera Tucker once he's healthy slide him to the inside now where you can use him at a guard position and then you've got JC Latham a very strong right tackle that could be on the right side so I think that's what they do here with a slight reach at the offensive line position here with JC Latham but Tad, I was, really quickly, I, I was between ahead. Latham and Odunze, so I, I I just like Odunze better. So frankly, I just, want, I just want to talk to them. So no, Latham's a good – Latham would be a very, very good pick here. All right, really quick, Tad, just go through your top ten to remind everybody of who you picked. All right, so at number one, I have the Chicago Bears taking Marvin Harrison Jr. Number two, the commander selects Cale Williams. At number three, the Patriots have Jaden Daniels, Arizona Cardinals with Joe Alt. Los Angeles Chargers select Brock Bowers. The New York Giants take Olu. Uh, hmm, I knew if I was trying to read that fast, it was going to be a mess up. Let's go with Olu. <laughs> yeah, the Giants take Olu Fushado, the tackle out of Penn State. The Titans take Malik Neighbors, the wide receiver out of LSU. Falcons take Drake May. Chicago Bears, number nine, take Dallas Turner. And to round out the top ten, the New York Jets select Romo Dunze, wide receiver out of Washington. Not bad. So to close out my top 10, I got the Chicago Bears at the number one pick, take Caleb Williams out of USC. Number two, the Washington Commanders take Joe Alt out of Notre Dame. Uh, number three, the New England Patriots take Drake May, the quarterback out of North Carolina. Number four, the Arizona Cardinals take Marvin Harrison Jr., the receiver out of Ohio, Ohio State. Ah! Los Angeles Chargers, I got them taking the tight end out of Georgia, Brock Bowers. And number six, I got the New York Giants also taking Olubia uh, Fushadu, offensive tackle out of Penn State. Uh, number seven, I also got them taking Malik Davis, the wide receiver of the LSU, going to the Tennessee Titans. And number eight, got the Atlanta Falcons taking Laitu Latu, the defensive end, edge oh, rusher out of UCLA. Nail that one. <laughs> At number nine, you got Chicago Bears coming back on the clock, taking Roman Dinze, the wide receiver out of Washington. And then close out the top 10, the New York Jets will take J.C. Latham, the offensive tackle out of Alabama. So this is still very preliminary, like we talked about at the very top of the episode. 
this is definitely going to change. Like, I mean, there's going to be some trades involved. There's a lot of teams hiring head coaches that will affect a lot of these decisions for sure. But we wanted to give a little bit of an exercise here about a possibility of what the top 10 could look like. But guys, this is just the beginning of our draft coverage. Like, I mean, we're getting into draft season here. Like we talked about, we were just on the Salute Detroit podcast with our good friend Al Rowe talking about USC prospects. He definitely invited us again to talk about some more prospects that he wanted us to dive into. So we'll be going on to his post, uh, uh, show in a couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah, that's just, like I said, we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot of draft stuff that we need to get into. There's a lot of tape that we need to watch, a lot of homework that we need to do because, yeah, we got the East-West Shrine game happening in a couple of weeks. So much we got homework. the Senior Bowl happening right after that. And then a couple weeks right after that, we got the HBCU Legacy Bowl. So we're covering all of that. Of course, at the very end of February, beginning of March, we got the Combine. So I mean, that's going to be exciting. After that, we got all the pro days for all the various schools. And then, of course, to close out draft season, end of April, we'll have the NFL draft. So we got coverage for you up the wazoo. Like, I mean, we're covering you on all fronts there when it comes to prospects and sleepers and busts and draft diamonds. And I mean, just whatever it is, we got you covered when it comes to the NFL draft for sure this upcoming season. But guys, just because the regular season is over, doesn't mean the fantasy season is over. So we're still your fantasy guys. So make sure you're hitting us up with all your various questions. If you're in a dynasty league, you probably need some help. You know, or your good friend Jason Davis is a dynasty league. Ask your fine. So we yep. can definitely help uh-huh. others in dynasty leagues as well. How you need to navigate the roster, how you're going to ta- attack the rookie uh, players coming in for your rookie draft that's going to happen in the summer. Um, obviously, you got keeper leagues who you're going to keep heading into next season. I mean, there's just a lot of different leagues out there. If you need advice, we're still here as your fantasy guys. So make sure you're hitting us up for that but guys the best way you can do that hit us up on our social media handles you got us on twitter you got me at other side 23 you got tad at tad the side 94 got the show handle at the side guys and of course on instagram at the side guys as well make sure you subscribe or listen to your podcast whether that's on apple podcast google podcast spotify you can listen right on the lfa network website as well ton of options for you hit that subscribe button always up to date with our podcast watch us on youtube we appreciate you make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel as well so you're always up to date with our youtube videos as well and please guys make sure you're supporting our parent network at lfa network like we talked about our good friend chauncey talese has a great podcast la pod Confidential, and we already brought up Alfred Rowe with the Salute Detroit podcast, but there's a ton of other podcasts that you can be listening to about all your LA sports needs when it comes to football primarily. Although uh, Bruin Bible has been doing a lot of UCLA basketball as well, because that's going on right now. Our good friends Will Decker and Jamal Bondi, who we just learned is Bondi. <laughs> that name. The Mod so Man. The Mod Man. The Mod Mod. Yeah, exactly. Turning Jamaican a little bit there instead of Indian. So I love it, though. So they got a lot of great content coming to you guys. So make sure you're subscribing to all their podcasts, going to the website, LAFBNetwork.com. They've got a lot of great content for you guys with the Bruins and the Trojans at the college level and the Rams and the Chargers at the professional level. But guys, to everybody who's already supporting us when it comes to listening to the podcast, watching your videos, following us on social medias, uh, interacting with us. I mean, just anything and everything that you're doing, guys, we really can't thank you enough. Can we get a Murr an oxygen tank? <laughs> I'm good, actually. I'm actually good. Take a breath. My God, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Less for you to do. That's the biggest thing I just, Clearly. <laughs> good God. Well, as you can see right below, that is where you can send all your draft questions. And here's the thing that Murr somehow forgot to mention because guy, good Lord, you fit in the entire dictionary in about three minutes there. Uh, <laughs> if we get enough draft questions set 
sent our way, whether it be evergreen, team specific, whatever, we are more than happy to do a Q&A episode when it comes to the draft. That's the fun of the offseason is we are way more open to like doing more kind of out there ideas, whether it be a game show, whether it be Q&A, whether it be you know, anything involving our fans and listeners. We are open to any ideas and any questions you have. So please hit us up with anything you would like to see us do within reason. Before all my friends jump on, jump in on that request, I can already see that being taken advantage of. But you know, like Amir said at some point, you know we have a lot of great draft coverage coming up. So keep tuning in, keep watching. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And please, as always, especially with all this winter stuff going on, stay safe, everyone. Mm-hmm.